to the Success After Barber School podcast, where we give advice to new and seasoned barbers on how to reach a six-figure income through training, mentoring, and coaching. If you're new in our industry or old in our industry and are ready to join the top 1% in earning a six-figure income, this is the show for you. Welcome back to the Success After Barber School podcast. I am your host, Mr. T.I.M. That's Time is Money, um, a.k.a. government name, Timothy Reddick. Let's go. Today I got, please give us your name, where you're from, and how long you've been a barber. Uh, my name is James O'Neill. Um, I'm from Fayetteville, North Carolina, right near Fort Bragg. Uh, I've been a barber for uh, six, five, six years. Okay, okay. Um, why and how did you get started? Okay. All right. Uh, very interesting story. So, you know, I worked a regular job doing retail for many years and, um, you know, I got to a point where I was just getting burned out and I needed something different in my life. And so I went to college, I tried it out, but you know, I just wanted a party, chase women, <laughs> you know, just regular stuff that a young man would do. Right. That happened regular- to me too. <laughs> in the regular <laughs> university setting. So long story short, I got kicked out and I had to fall back to retail. And, you know, at this point, I'm like 26, 27 years old. I'm like, dang, man, you know, like I need something like I can't be I can't be doing a retail job forever. So funds were low. Uh, my mom ended up getting me some Walmart Conair clippers and I started cutting my own hair. I started just doing like mohawks and stuff like that when they were really popular and uh next thing you know i I got to thinking and a light bulb kind of sparked and i was like i mean i'm doing pretty good cutting my own hair so i think i could do pretty good uh cutting other people's hair and i got to thinking too i was like well barbers make money every day and if i could get a regular clientele like them i could do the same so i looked in the barber school i found one that i liked and it all started from there. All right, so keep this in the back of your mind as we continue, right? The areas okay. of questions, these are the areas we want to touch on for these next however many questions we get through. Sales, marketing, how we operate our business, and how we take care of the money, the finance, and the books. So that being said, what's one thing you wish everybody understood about our barbering profession? That is definitely not easy. <laughs> That's for sure. I mean, you know, customer service is definitely first. I feel like my retail my uh, retail background kind of helped me a lot with that and relating to people, you know, especially with different moods, behaviors, things like that. So I'm very grateful for that. So, prof- you know, professionalism first and then, you know, the quality of the work and the cut next. Hey, if I can just add on to that, because a lot of people, right, what he's saying, right, If I'm if I'm using my words right now, Sometimes, right, you don't get to catch an attitude because somebody got an attitude. That's the professionalism first. Like, sometimes you got to understand, you got to remove your emotions out of your situation because it's about the dollar. Like, because you're there to make money. We're in a service industry. So because we are servitudes, right, and barbering, sometimes we got to take a step back and realize the attitude we're catching may not necessarily be about us. It could be about something they brought in with them. So we can curve that but not engaging that. You know what I mean? We can let that kind of water off a duck's ass, so to speak. 
We can let that bounce off of us and just move through it. And if we do so, right, lead with love, if we lead with love, you know, we leave them in a better position than they came in, looking better, feeling better. So, all right, next question. Thank you for that, man. That's a jewel right there. Oh, absolutely. What's what's a commonly held belief that you about our about barbering that you passionately disagree with? One thing I could say is like the current state of social media, like you have to be this big, you know, social media star or whatever to gain clientele. I mean, it don't matter how many followers you have or what you're doing on social media, as long as that chair's spinning facts and you making money, that's all that matters. Yep. Don't get caught up with the hype, people. Focus on the money in front of you. That's your chair. Keep it filled. Your pockets will stay filled. When you first started, and I'm loving the fact that you're, you're five to six years in the industry, because I'm 20 years in right now. If I'm being, if we're talking professionally, right, I'm 20 some years in um, total. I started cutting when I was 13. I'm 46. Yeah. So, and and similar to you, I started when I was 13 because I went and bought some Walmart clippers, and we wanted to go swimming. So I cut everybody hair so we could keep our haircut money and go swimming. But we'll do that a different date. So that being said, right, what's the uh, What's the what's the one thing your current self wish your younger self knew coming into this industry? Oh, man, just the challenges that I would be facing, just the adversity. For instance, you know, I work at like currently I work at a, you know, I work at a majority Puerto Rican barbershop. And sometimes, you know, when I first started there, man, it was hard for people, you know, to gain that trust of people because, you know, they don't know you. You're the new guy. They're like, whoa, whoa, I don't even want to sit in your chair because just, you know, just how you look or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, a lot more, a lot of people are more comfortable with, you know, other Puerto Rican barbers and that's fine. But within that, you know, that niche and that culture, I just had to kind of find my own following of people who are going to want to sit in my chair. How did you do that? By just producing some good work. Like I said, customer, uh, again, going back to that customer service, being able to relate to people. Yeah. Just talking to them, just getting them to open up to you. Yeah. So let's elaborate that on a little more, right? So did you find yourself going out to get clientele? And if the answer is yes, how did you do that versus waiting on new people to come to the shop? Like how important is it to find that clientele versus waiting on that clientele? Well, see, the thing is I work near the gate of Fort Bragg. So I'm like, we're like, right. The shop is like literally right by the gate. I mean, you could walk there. And so when people Google shops, the first, one of the first shops they see is our shops. One of the first shops they see is off limits, but also the reputation the shop has and word of mouth has helped a lot of gaining of getting people to come through those doors. Yeah, that's big facts. Um, my barbershop forever faded. We service 22 different cities around our area. We have people that travel over an hour and about 10 minutes, I believe, is the furthest they come. So, And it's it's all been word of mouth. Like, I've tried marketing on radio, on newspaper, on, you know, you buy a zip code and flood them with flyers. I've tried all of that. None of that produces results like, that Google uh, review, the the word of mouth reputation, and it comes in waves, right? Like I end up cutting a kid that's from my son's school or my daughter's school, and all of a sudden it's, wait a second, that's not a, um, a big chain haircut, you know? 
So where'd you get cut? And they say forever faded. And so then they flood and then one becomes two, becomes four, becomes eight. It's that compounding interest. So I totally agree with that. What do you agree with in regards to a common perception about our work? Definitely. Every, you gotta, you definitely have to cut everyone's hair different. Yeah. Everyone's hair is cut different. I mean, you definitely have to be versatile yep. because versatility makes the money. Big time. I mean, all money is green. Yep. At the end of the day. Yep. Yep. And I'm so happy you said that because like being next to a military base, right? Everybody think a military cut is this high and tight, stop and go. That's not true. Like military personnel have style. They want you and trust on you to deliver something so they don't look like everybody else walking around the military base. You know, so keep that in mind, not just for the military base, but in general, every barber needs a minimal of about four cuts under their belt. And depending on where that fade drops in at, that four becomes 12. Quick, fast, in a hurry. Yeah, I also like to say, too, that, um, you know, a lot of these guys, they want to keep their hair long, too. They don't want short hair. So, you know, they go to a lot of these shops and they ask for, like, a low fade, and then everybody kind of takes it up to a high fade. So it's also you know, for them to find a shop that can get it right. It definitely, you know, it definitely makes you feel good when you do. Totally agree. Cause that's the end right now. Like we have multiple kids, regardless of race, it's a similar cut for whatever their hair type is. It's that drop low fade to drop mid fade, but then it's like blending the short to long and you got about half inch to maybe two inches of blend to work with before they just don't want you to touch the top. You know, and exactly. I, I've been able to perfect that because I'm getting more and more people coming to my chair. And what I love about it, right, is right now I got an influx of uh, Hispanics coming back to my chair and everything. It's like, hold on, wait, Tim doing what? And, yo, I'm going to see Tim. And it's the young ones, and now the young ones are bringing the older ones in. And I'm seeing the moms bringing the brothers in and stuff. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. So what's fundamentally changed from when you started five years ago to where you at right now? Oh, man, I definitely say the things you see on social media now, like when I just when I got started in barbering, like, you know, the fades, you know, the fades and stuff with the longer hair was the thing like high fade with a long, you know, a long, you know, slick back or a pompadour or the V kind of connecting the back. Now you got these guys now that are like doing like these crazy colors and stuff and doing like little designs with color in people's hair. Yeah. And I love it. I love the way it looks, right? But yeah. that's not my forte right now. I'm going to get there. Me either. I don't know how to color hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as hard as it seems. Uh, but it's there's tons of color courses and tutorials on YouTube if you want to learn, bro. And you can start with oh, a yeah. mannequin, like for real. I'm going to tell you, add that to your repertoire because now all of a sudden $100 or $30 cut becomes a $100 cut. You know what I mean? Just because of the different colors and the time you take in. So, but we'll get to that. What's a concern you have, like, as, as a, so in my shop, we try and have at least one shop meeting, right? What's a concern that you could bring to the shop to help improve a problem or remove a problem that's going on in the barbershop right now? I mean, before, like, if a problem does arrive, what I usually do is, you know, talk to the owner, bring them in the back. Let them know my concern, and you know they go about it however way they need to, and and nine times out of ten, you know they appreciate 
you know, you bringing that concern to them. Right, right. So speaking of ownership, right, have you started an LLC for yourself yet? No, sir, I have not. I can help you with that. It's it's less okay. than two hundred and thirty bucks. No, that'll be a conversation for after after this and whatnot. So I'll make sure I get you my number. But I want to see I want to see you grow and whatever I can do to help you do that. You know that just makes me feel better and sleep easier at night knowing that I help somebody level up. What's motivating you right now? Oh uh, man, you know honestly, it's crazy when you meet like a, a, like a younger kid that sits in your chair and he tells you how he wants to be a barber. Yeah. And a lot of barbers, you know, they, you know, they kind of greedy or whatever. But my thing is I can only cut, but so many heads in my city. Right. In my town. Right. So I feel like there's enough for everybody to eat off the plate. Yes. That's because I'm still going to make my money regardless. That's an inclusive attitude. That's how I feel. Right. And I love my mother-in-law today, but I got to tell this story. My mother-in-law called me like three weeks ago and she was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. There's this new barbershop that just opened up and he does this and he's got that. And I'm like, ma, I don't care. I was like, I'm not trying to be arrogant, but I don't care. Like this city is 70,000 strong and 50 percent of my clientele don't even come from the city in which I'm in. I was like. I salute him for doing his thing. I wish him well and whatnot. But I'm not, you know what I'm saying, competing with him. We're competing within ourselves. Like, we're trying to grow ourselves. Because my next move is open barber school, franchise the, the business itself. You know what I mean? And that's why I'm looking for barbers like yourself that aren't where I'm from and teaching them how to start their own LLC and all that so we can grow our brand. So in three years, when we had this conversation again, it's going to be, hey, bro, what can I do to help you open up Maybe you're forever faded in your location. You know what I mean? Like, and we work through those logistics and stuff. So that's huge. I'm glad you said that. Pull the next person up. Like, motivate the next person and everything. If we're not helping each other become better, then what the hell are we doing? There's more than enough. This world is abundant. Like, there's no need to snake somebody or try and hold somebody back. If you got information, give it freely. Because it'll come back. I promise. We can only be as good as the next person. Facts. And especially if it if it's going to help some young kid not be in that situation where he's working a dead end job yep. for so many years. And, you know, because I wish I I wish I would have done this sooner. I wish I'd have done this at 18 or 19. Right. But see, now you got high schools that offer barber programs. Wow. They didn't have that when I was going to school. I might have been interested in that. See, it's so funny you bring that up because my area doesn't have that. But that's one of the things that I want to incorporate in my school. It's starting them when they're their junior year, helping them work through that apprenticeship process. So when they're done with that, they can actually take my 10-month course, get licensed and everything. And then when they're done, they'll be ready to start working for us and stuff. So um, let me ask you this question real quick, right? If you were sitting next to a leading expert in, in our field, what would you ask him? I'd ask him where he, see, where he sees this industry going within the next five to ten years. Wow. As far as growth, as far as hairstyles, especially the fact that hair, you know, um, different styles are coming back. Different styles, two, three different hairstyles are being incorporated into one product now. Yes. Yes. That's absolutely, absolutely factual. And that's funny you say it like that because I've been noticing that as I've been cutting these kids lately, I'm like, wait, I just did like three different cuts in this one cut and they work. Yeah. You know, so kudos to whoever it was that started that. Cause like barbering, 
They say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. That's not true. What's going to motivate them? That's it. You'll find out how to, how to teach them something new. What's giving you hope right now, Jay? I'd say the dip, you know, I'd say what's giving me hope is I want to go back to what I was talking about, about the younger generation, about them wanting to come up, wanting, having that interest in becoming barbers and continuing the tradition and hopefully not only just learning, you know, enhancements and sharp lines, but learning like the old style, learning some of these traditional styles, because it seems like a lot of it's dying out because um, there's not enough people doing these. I see a lot more of it going on in like Europe, the UK, places like that. Right. Right. But um, as far as America, you know, as far as like it, you know, as far as like here, I mean, you might see that in your kind of like your old, you know, uh, your old man shops or something like that, but not, not in the newer, not in the newer shop settings. I totally understand what you're saying. Um, we're coming up on our last two minutes, so I want to get at least one more question in. How do you balance life and work? <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I usually work. All right, so, like, when I work Wednesday to Sunday. Wednesdays to Friday, I work 9 to 7. I mean, I do take my lunch breaks because, I mean, I just can't work without having at least something to eat and having something to drink. Right. You, I mean, you got to rehydrate, you got to, you know, replenish the body. Cause I mean, that's another thing, you know, I mean, your health, your health, you know, being able to stand behind that chair for hours at a, at a time. Yeah. And, um, so then Saturday, Sunday, you know, I work nine to five, but also the nice thing about making my own schedule, like if I need to leave earlier, I want to go do something, you know, I'm able to do that. I'm able to go enjoy you know, going out to the movies, going out on a date, going out, you know, to the beach for, for the weekend or, and whatnot. I mean, there has, you have to, it's like, I tell some of the barbers, I'm like, man, you got to take a break. You got to at least, you know, treat yourself to like a vacation somewhere. Like, you know, go to Florida, go to, go to, you know, South Carolina, go, you know, go up North, go out West, like somewhere. I mean, money's good, but that money's always going to be there when you get back too. Right. Right. All right, folks, there you have it. This has been our episode of Success After Barber School podcast. Our guest today was the amazingly talented young James coming out, beer escape artist coming out of North Carolina, Off Limits Barbershop. If you're down near Fort Bragg, go see him. You know what I mean? It's that simple. You want you want quality, you want detail, you want attention, you want conversation, you want a motivation, a word and everything. Go see my man James. He gets you right, guaranteed. I want to see you do well, bro. So stay encouraged. Stay blessed. I appreciate your time. Stay focused, my friend. Thanks for having me. Appreciate that. I appreciate you taking the time to be on. Love, bro. Oh, yeah. No problem. Yes, sir. If you're new in our industry or old in our industry and are ready to join the top 1% and earning a six-figure income, Hop on the email list to get updates on the show and live notifications for the newest trends or to be featured on the show as the Barber Spotlight of the Week. Let's go. Let's grow.